This is AI Podcast. Not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slight different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, hey, loyal listeners. Welcome to Agency Intelligence Podcast. Hey, got a special one for you today. It's a long one. It's like an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes. Um, it was a Facebook Live that Ryan Handley and I did with Nicholas Ayers, Preston Schmidley, and Wesley Anderson. And if those names are um, unfamiliar to you, uh, please find out about them, call them, get with them. They uh, are moving the industry faster than I've ever seen anybody move the industry. And when I say them, I'm talking about them and a, a crowd of about 10 other people who have just have a following into breaking the norms of this uh, industry. And I absolutely love these guys. And so I brought them on for an automation marketing Facebook Live that was two the week before, the Wednesday before uh, Christmas. And now we're going to bring it out here in a podcast to you. Um, I'm really excited about it. I know you will be, but most importantly, I'm excited about 2019, and I hope you are as well, because there's some unbelievable things that I'm working on and unbelievable things that you're going to find about out about first. As a loyal listener of Agency Intelligence and Agents Influence Podcast, you are appreciated, and sit back and relax, because this is good stuff. This is Jason Cass, and I've got some guests here. Um, you may have seen that uh, we're having Ryan Hanley, Preston Schmidley, Nicholas Ayers, uh, the one and only the beautiful Wolverine Blood, Wesley Anderson. Um, he's on here. What we found out, though, is that we actually can only have four people on the live at any time. So right now in the lobby room, uh, Ryan Hanley is listening, and we will pop him in and out and pop me or somebody else out, probably going to be. Uh, probably Wesley because we just he's he has really tough time <laughs> on camera, but uh, no, that's completely a lie. But uh, we're gonna pop people out when we get to going, uh, especially when we get into the marketing because I think that that's a real strong suit of everybody's on here, but I think it's also a strong suit of handling. Um, but uh, hey, everybody, uh, how are you doing, Preston? Doing good out there? Good morning out here in the Pacific Coast. There you tell them where you're at, uh, Tacoma, Washington. Tacoma, Wesley, how about you, buddy? Where are you? I'm as good as I've ever been, Salt Lake City, Utah. Bam, so bam, bam. Okay. Nicholas, tell him. Yeah, I mean, as good as it's ever been for Wesley, it's still pretty poor for the rest <laughs> yeah, of us. But uh, I'm, uh, I'm here in uh, beautiful, sunny Northern California. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. It's gorgeous there. It's gorgeous there, man. Um, so, guys, all I want to do is I want to have a, a nice, good, open conversation about uh, about some stuff that's going on uh, with marketing and advertising. I mean, this is kind of to close the end of the year. And so I just kind of wanted to put out there with you guys being some of the greats. Uh, I just wanted to get out there and start talking about some of the stuff. Now, before we do, just because it's what I do, because I love the I love to support those uh, who support us. We're going to take Wesley out of there for a minute. We're going to bring these guys on. I appreciate just so your you service. See, just so that you guys can see. Whoa, that was crazy. It popped it back off. My fault. Popped it back off. All right. This is this is new technology to me as well. So I'm, I'm working with it as we go. So bear with me. So, guys, um, it's 2018. 
Uh, 20 and it's about to be 2019, obviously 2018. I have to tell you at the end of 2017, a year ago, I would never have been able to imagine that we would be where we are. I mean, I think that this industry is changing so fast. It's ridiculous, which is really crazy because for the prior eight years, probably the prior 10 years, it really changed at a snail's pace. I will say this though, it's just like a lot of technology and I want to get your guys' feeling on this right off the bat. So think about the people who um, first got in the B-52, right? I guess in 1952, right? So let's say that these people got in it and they're looking at this plane and they're thinking to themselves, holy cow. I mean, look at this plane, look at the technology advances that America has made. And then there was probably one of these pilots that said to himself, if I'm flying this, can you only imagine what they'll be flying in 2018? But yet we're still flying the B-52 in the year 2018. So in some regards, we have totally advanced, right? We can talk to somebody in China in a minute. We can be on Facebook Live. But in a way, there's a lot of parts of this industry we're still flying the B-52. Has anybody got any thoughts on that? Well, the B-52 is still a relevant plane uh, as a bomber. Uh, so that's pretty cool. It's held in for you know 70 years there. It is. It is. But wouldn't you have thought that we would be using something else other than that same plane? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I you know, th- it's ever evolving, bro. You know, like the, the, I think the thing and, and, and Nick and Wes, you know, do do this, too, because uh, I work with them a lot on a regular basis is is it's it's about pivoting. I mean, there's a lot of shiny objects, a lot of tactics. And, and it's really the you know, the fundamentals, the core. There's a core if you do basic principles in everything you do, you're going to have success. It's not as sexy as, you know, everybody wants to talk about data and chatbots and all this kind of shiny object stuff. But it's like, at the end of the day, there's some core fundamentals that if you apply to everything you do, you're going to have more success. And I, and I think that that's, you know, what it's about is, you know, just trying to stay as timeless with what you do as possible and, and tact, you know, the tactics will always evolve. Yeah. And, and to add to that, I think that, I mean, I, listen, I'm no aviation expert, uh, but I would imagine that a lot, you know, I could barely drive a car, but I would imagine that most of the technology or a lot of the technology that is in your, in the B-52 is still found in a lot of planes that are used today, right? There's a lot of innovations and kind of to Preston's point, there are certain fundamentals of marketing that regardless if they are in direct mail, Right, we'll just call that our B fifty two bomber. Your your standard sales letter or your or your direct mail piece. A lot of the same principles still apply to what can be done, say on video or in a in a paid advertisement on a particular platform. And so, I think where our industry needs to come uh, to you know come up you know and, and do things is we need to maintain a lot of the same fundamentals, but we need to learn how to apply them to what's available today and what's available today is, and in combination of what other things. I, I mean, I don't, I, again, not an aviation expert here, but I would imagine they probably still use uh, a version of the B-52 bomber uh, when they're during combat or maybe some, some <clears throat> variation of it. So uh, using it in conjunction with, you know, other things I think is kind of where a lot of people miss the boat. So, like Wesley, I mean, if we're putting you guys on the spot here, I mean, when it comes to that, what are some of those business fundamentals? I mean, and when you're saying that you're applying them to today, I know right now, Nicholas, you're really, really big and you have been for a while. Um, and this is not a, a fad for you, but YouTube is something that you've really mastered and you really harnessed. And I know that video is very huge as far as the way consumers are going to use technology. But as agents, it's really, really hard for us to grasp uh, the use of it. Can you give us some yeah. thoughts? So I think 
I, I think if people want to master anything, I think that the first area that they should learn how to master or at least make deep dives into learning is human behavior and how people mm-hmm. think. And so the, what remains the same is the triggers, the irresistible offer, the, the, the pitch, the hook, the call to action, and what you're going to say and how you're going to present an offer. Again, this can work in print, printed flyers or in video. Video just seems to be a, a cheaper element and cheaper way to get your message across and connect emotional triggers. So I think that if people want to learn anything or what remains the same throughout, you call it the dawn of time until now in the future, is just how human beings uh, respond to messages and the triggers that trigger them emotionally into an action. Because you know, people people make decisions based more on their emotion than they do their logic. And so I think if we can appeal to the emotional <clears throat> state of what makes people do the things that they do, then I think that we'll have success on any platform. Well, it's actually, and to, and to expand on that too, Jason, is that the, the part of the brain, because people, people buy on, on emotion, they justify on logic. And a lot of people don't actually process this, but one of the parts of brains that works on emotion, one of those that works on logic is you have limbic brain versus homo sapien brain, and they both actually are processed in different parts of the brain. So you have to be able to, at different points in that communication, trigger both psychologically. So, you know, if you try and, and, you know, in our market, especially like insurance, most insurance agents, when they, even when they communicate, let's take marketing out of it. Let's talk, you, 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 somebody walked into your office, just a happen chance kind of thing. And every, what, what does everybody go to? Well, the limits of liability are more than you had, 100, 300, 100, you know, it's like, dude, nobody cares, right? Like the guy, and so they, they default to the knowledge trap of TMI. They, they go straight into numbers, straight into logic. People don't buy on that. They justify on that. They'll tell their friends about that. They'll tell their spouse about that. But at the end of the day, you know, what makes them what makes them really buy is knowing that when there's a car accident, their wife's in the hospital and they don't know if she's going to live, that he doesn't have to worry about finances, that he can grieve with his family. Like he, that's an emotional trigger. That That's what sells a policy, not limits of liability, not actually price at the end of the day. People, you know, the whole price thing, I've always said um, people seek price in the absence of value. You know, if it, it, it's all because you're selling on logic. Well, that's a losing man's game. I agree. I agree. Um, and Wesley, before you add anything to this, I want to hear about what are your triggers, because you're really good at the automation part as well. All of us are, but you're really good. And I think you're good at it because you know, those human behaviors and those triggers. So I want to get your point on that, but really quick, because a lot of people want to know, especially Eric Garcia, he wants to know why is Wes's beard so short? So before you get into your answer on human behavior, could you tell them why the Wolverine blood, uh, beard is, is cut short? Look, we we addressed this question before we went live. The looks and the sexiness that I just exude that goes everywhere, it was getting distracting. And I would be out with my family, and everywhere we would walk, there were just chick's heads that were going like this. And, you know, uh, in fairness to my wife, who I love and I will forever remain faithful to, I just had to trim it down for a season. You know, let her enjoy the holidays. It'll grow back up. She'll have to deal with it later. But for now, during the holidays, my Christmas present to her is, you know, we're not going to have all those chicks stare at me. Hey, Wes, Wes, I can I can see the reflection of your screen on off your glasses. What is red tube? What? <laughs> what? What? Is what? It's not an incognito. What? 
So what are the personality things? How do you think that that figures in, Wes, into the day-to-day actions you do? I know you're a heavily automated agent and uh, also you're your CTO of an agency VA. So, so for me, one of the big things is uh, having – uh, no background with insurance as far as I didn't have any training with the captives. I didn't have a father or a brother or a cousin teach me. I came right into the game. And the only time I had spent in the industry was the tech industry. So everything moved super, super quick. Well, when I would hear someone vomit information about coverages, uh, about the fiscal solvency of a carrier, I was just like, <clears throat> Like I just, it, it, it had no relevance. And, and, and I feel like uh, I had become licensed. I had uh, skin in the game with insurance. And so I, I, I was struggling to, to get any value from them. So we have learned a lot in, in keeping our message short, kind of adopting the whole uh, Michael Scott kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Um, if we're doing one of Ayer's videos, which everyone should be doing, uh, we're one minute and 24 seconds. And if you're in our office and you go over one minute, 24 seconds, uh, we consider that a failure of the video. We keep it as short and concise as possible because as we watch the data on a one minute, 24 second video, we had more clicks. It was less intimidating. I mean, you throw someone a seven minute video about insurance. I mean, how much is there to say about it? Right. Like you got to keep it quick and, and human behavior wants to make that decision ultra quick. I agree. All about them. No, I agree. And and I like some of the stuff. I mean, Eric Garcia down in uh, Louisiana is just spitting some straight game. And I, I agree. I've talked a lot of th- times. I think it's behaviors like tribal instincts and understanding mm-hmm. the way that we just work, right, allows us to almost predict the future on how somebody is going to respond to us. So so I really like that. Um, well, you can you can create that, Jason. Like, that's the thing is like, you know, it's it's, it's kind of logarithmic thinking like when, when you're when you're in a you know, when you're in a conversation, the goal is to essentially be four or five steps ahead. And you're really laying, you're, you're paving the walkway for the buyer. You know, you don't ever, like they should never have to hack through the jungle of your offer. The website shouldn't be complicated to get through. They should be able to buy with these. They shouldn't, they, and this is the thing, like I was talking to Zach and Matt of GNN insurance uh, on a video call the other day. And one of the things that they realized with their referral partners is when they actually, you know, cause all insurance agents try to, you know, they go to their referral partners and they're always trying to offer, you know, how can I get, you know, I'll bring you muffins. I'll send you coffee. Like, what can I do for you? And what they actually learned was a lot of their referral partners didn't want anything from them other than for them to be there when they needed them. And I think that we also, as insurance agents do that for our clients, right? You know, we try to tell them, oh, this is the good thing for you. This is, well, are we actually taking the temperature on what they want and need? Because at the end of the day, if we're trying to add all this value and add all this stuff and, and it's not actually desired, that's, that's not necessarily going to win the client either. Okay, hold on. There's something you just said there, which I think was big to me, which I think will be big to a lot of people. I want to get your feedback out there, everybody in America. And we got 80 viewers out there. So this is doing fantastic. Please also remember to put your questions in there. I'm going through them the best I can. But this is this is really good, dude. This is really good. You said you are laying the pavement of their journey. Now, I think that is that's like a like a oh, okay, no big deal. But actually, I think our job as insurance agents, we think, is to create that pavement and then funnel people down that journey. <clears throat> and what you're saying in the way that you said it, which was good, is is it's up to us to lay that pavement of their journey. You're saying that almost every customer has their own journey and their own needs and their own behaviors, oh. and it's my yeah. job to set up the journey through automations or whatever. As they're going through that almost, does that make sense the way that I'm bringing that up? 
Yeah. So, you know, I mean, if you think about it, dude, like, why do you need an umbrella policy? Well, is that your job to find out or is that my job to make sure that you know? I mean, at the end of the day, right? Like a lot of people go, well, you know, my I, I'm, my book isn't, I'm not cross-selling a lot. Well, that's that's a you problem, bro. You know, it's like a, if, 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 if clients aren't buying more than one line of product, it's because you haven't communicated to them in a way that emotionally makes sense that they can later justify logically. You haven't communicated to them why that's important for them and their family. Like a lot of people, like, you know, it's, it's funny because a lot of people will come and they think that buying leads or hiring a marketer will fill the hole. It'll solve the problem. And really what, you know, marketing, marketing does is it amplifies what's already there, right? If you have a good system, a good sales process, if that's all good, then it just blows up. And if you, right. you know, if you have a, a sales issue, if you have systems issues, then what ends up happening is it takes too much time. There's nothing happening. Now I'm overwhelmed. You know, nobody Leads wants aren't to successful. Buy. Yeah. Leads. Yeah. Leads are, you know, and it's, it's in the day, man. It's like, I know plenty of people that you could give, you know, and this, I'm not throwing shade at anyone. I, it's, it's just a Come matter on, of being, real stuff. It's it's about being honest about and looking in the mirror, like and going like all leads will do, for instance, is move the bottleneck in your business. If you if you have leads and now nothing's happening, if you have leads, first of all, you don't have a lead problem anymore. That's first. If you have a phone book, technically you don't have a lead problem. You just might not want to make those calls. So if you, you know, if you have leads, you have a systems issue now, not a lead problem. Right. And or or a sales problem. One of the two, right? And Mm -hmm. so it's like from a marketing angle, marketing isn't necessarily like what we, you know, what we can perceive marketing to be. That's just one form of this. I mean, you know, what Nick and I and Wes are talking about so far is like, this is prevalent throughout a sales process. Like this communication is done after the consumer's already in your agency. It happens with every cross-sell opportunity that you have. This is about a style of communication, not necessarily just a marketing campaign. This is about how are you connecting with your buyers, your consumers, or your prospects to make them want to be your buyers and consumers. You know, I think what Wes, Nick, and I do successfully throughout our our client journey is the way that we talk to them before they're a client is the way that we talk to them as they're a client and the way that we talk to them when they're not a, a client anymore, which if you do it successfully, it's rare for them to not be a client because you've paved the way, you've hacked down the jungle for them, and it's it, it would be illogical emotionally and and logically it would, there would be no reason for them to leave because you you've hit all of their psychological triggers all of their as you called them tribal needs right nicholas thoughts yeah i, I think there's a lot uh i mean preston kind of uh mentioned a lot of that i think that the the trap that a lot of people fall into again is trying to approach marketing with a with the mind of a mathematician instead of that of like an artist and there's a there's a really there's an art and there's a science to all of this and i think a lot of people chase the and like fair play like i've been guilty of this as well myself is we always want to chase the tactics and the plug and play stuff but what we don't ever want to do the work on how do we have a process in place that's going to that's going to deliver the results that we want to we all want results but a lot of us kind of just want to get to the results in a shortcutted version without actually having to do the work to kind of get there and part of the work is really trying to uh, expand your knowledge on human behavior expand your knowledge on buying emotions and triggers and you know market awareness and buyer sophistication i think mm-hmm. Everybody says, well, show me how to do Facebook ads or show me how to do YouTube ads or show me, show me the, the, the funnel, the automated funnel that's going to get, you know, help me improve my close ratio. And I see here in the comments, a lot of people are saying, you know, they're asking, you know, about specifically about video proposals and 
And video proposals are a great tactic, but if you don't understand how video proposals work, as an example, I saw someone say, well, how long should the video be? Well, as long as it has to be. And if you're doing a video proposal, you have to understand that the person is already at the bottom of the funnel. They're ready to make an evaluative, you know, they're ready to evaluate a decision and make a decision. And when you're making a decision, you're going to take as much time as you possibly need in order to make the right decision. So whether your video is two minutes long or 10 minutes long, it's not about that. It's about understanding where they're at in the process. And when you understand understand whether or not in the process, then you can curate the message and the approach and the tactic and all that stuff to that. And we overcomplicate it and we we make it a lot more difficult than it needs to be. But you know, your 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 video content should be relative to where they're at in the process. If they don't know if they're if they're completely unaware of the problem or unaware that they have a problem, then you go short. If they're completely problem aware and solution aware, then you can get longer and longer and longer. When they're evaluating it, Man, they might take two hours to, to watch your video. It just really depends on on understanding where your buyer and prospect is at in the process. Yeah. All right. And so Hanley, Hanley, just just real quick, Hanley, I'm getting ready to bring you in on this. So I want to let you know that. But I have to tell you, quote of it so far is, and it's not so much quote, but it's thought as well as your video is relevant to where they are in the buying process. I do not think that agents break it down like that. Matter of fact, I know for a fact that they don't. Preston, did you have something to add? Yeah. So I think so to, to kind of uh, piggyback on what Nick was saying, I think it's important, like, because I hear people saying like they agree with Wes, they disagree with Wes. And, and either way, you're right or you're wrong, depending on what's right for you. Like it needs to be as short as possible, but as long as necessary. That is the actual answer. Whether you can get the message across in five minutes or a minute and 20 seconds, because that's what Wes's data shows. Right. And that works for him. Now, what works for Wes or what works for Nick or what works for me, it won't necessarily work for anybody else. Now, does that mean try it? Sure, absolutely. But if you can find that and you can take five minutes to communicate with your your prospect and they're watching it and they're engaged and they're paying attention, then that is definitely what I would recommend that, that, you know, spend the five minutes. Don't try to compete to be the fastest guy in the room. If, If they're not resonating with your message, speed doesn't matter. Right. And so it's all about proper communication that might take five minutes. Hell, that might take 10 minutes. If you can communicate to a client 10 minutes and it works, who are we to tell you no? Right now, could you be more efficient? Maybe. But even if you're making sales every 10 minutes, I don't think anybody's life is going to be hard. Well, and when I say one minute, 24 seconds, let the record show that's because that's what works within my process. And my focus, a lot of other agents are uh, price, coverage. I mean, that's the only arrows they have in their quiver. I'm yeah, I'm only bringing on the that up customer experience. I only bring that up as an example because it was a very specific example, and because I saw it kind of create a lot of uh, frenzy in the in the comments. People were like, "Well, how long should it be? And what should I do?" And well, uh, and, and, and yeah. I I think more should be put on the customer experience. And I think what the power of video is, you made the experience of buying insurance a lot better than it is if they have to you know, come into your office or if they have to correspond with you back and forth over a series of emails or try to get you on the phone. A video is a very pleasant experience because you're able to look at your insurance or the offer being presented to you on your time. So rather than focus on all these other variables, uh, the customer experience should be the number one thing that we're looking at. And that's why I think video is so powerful. I mean, you're, you're giving them a great platform uh, to choose and to make their decision. And yeah. you created a, a great experience and they'll buy because of that. It feels good to them. They're going to do it. Hey, Wes, I'm going to, I'm going to respectfully push back on your use of the word better. I think it's better for some, not for everybody. Right. And it all depends on the market that you're serving. And this kind of speaks to what you guys have been talking about so far is we can't 
You can't look at what Nick's doing or what Preston, what you're doing or Wes and go, I want that. You want that if you're serving the exact same customer base and thinking as deeply about the customers that you're serving as they are. But if you're working in a small town in the middle of New York and you don't have an option for people to come in and see you face to face, you are going to struggle, especially if you're just writing in that local area because the culture of that that area, that local market is that people are still going to want to stop in. So that doesn't mean don't do video. It just means you need to have arrows in your quiver to match the market that you're looking to serve. So if you're not willing to be online, if you're not willing to do video, if you're not willing to use tools like Calendarly and video proposals and text message and build automations, then a video first strategy that's based out of running ads and YouTube ads is probably not the best solution for you. I mean, that's really the truth. Right. I mean, it all depends on what type of customer you're trying to serve for the type of customer that Wes is trying to serve. Video is the best or one of the better options. I just I just want to throw that caveat in there because this doesn't work if your mental is not aligned with the type of customer that you're going to attract via that that method of attracting that. I mean, I would that's, that's kind of my my thought there. Well, I and I think to expand on that, one of the exercises that I do is is. When I when I think about something I want to do marketing wise, I ask myself why. You know, and I mean, I mean that sounds well. Of course, you should ask yourself why. But like, I do it to a deep level. Like, you know, oh, I'm going to do this strategy. Why? Well, because I think that this is what the clients will want. Why? Well, because you know they want to connect with me, but maybe they don't have time to go to my office. Why? Well, because they have families that they have to get to, and maybe they only have an hour lunch break. You know, you know, during their workday to make it through the nine to five hours, which are really inconveniently placed for most consumers. Why? You know, like if you actually start asking why to it, you'll get to like core reasons why buyers buy and they don't or, or you know what I mean? Like if you ask why deep enough, you'll find buyer behaviors like on a very fundamental level. You'll start to understand what makes them tick, what makes them, you know, resistant to an offer. Right. Because if you're not aligning with why at like four five, six levels deep. Well, you're probably going to have some resistance. And that's really important because it's easy for us to go. I'm going to have a chat bot because that's what clients need. Why? You know, and when you can start to ask this, well, maybe they don't need that. Actually. Oh, and that's maybe that's service level stuff, Preston. Chatbots are always the solution, especially if they are they have AI in them. They are always the proper solution. Always. I have a chatbot for my chatbot. The uh, <laughs> no, but it, but it's important. You know, it's like there's so much stuff that we try to do for our clients because it's what they need. And it's like if you get back to the core fundamentals, what do they need? What do they really need? Well, be there when there's a claim, right? They need that because that's what they pay for. They like to make sure that their phone calls are answered, their emails are answered, or at least they're responded to in a timely manner. And they like to know that on some on some premise, as long as they do their obligation to pay their bills on time, that they're going to be some sort of stability in that and that they can budget accordingly. Outside of that, everything else is just, you know, we're chasing sexy, sexy, shiny objects in the room. Like now, if you can use a tool to hit those four, five, six level deep whys, go for it. But at the end of the day, you know, it's easy to get caught in the tactics, which change every day. But like at the core fundamental, like, you know, Nick and I started this conversation, like people do things on, on for very simple reasons. And if you can understand those and make sure that those are at the core of everything that you do for, from a marketing and attraction type activity, all the way to customer service and retention, it's all the same. It's like uh, the uh, the customers yes. that when we're doing the home insurance last comment there. Sorry, Nick, to cut you off. The one that says the answer is a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I don't think that that's the answer. I think it's a lot of the things that you need to do to serve your market. 
Because I think when you spread yourself out too thin, you you know, if it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you haven't really invested in, in any one of the tactics. So figure yeah. out the types of customers that you want to serve and then do those things and throw everything else out or at least don't, don't, otherwise you're not doing enough of the things that bring customers in, right? Like if you don't want to have walk-ins, have your office on the second floor. Don't even put your name on the building and don't publicize your address, right? There's no reason for a little bit of walk-ins if that's not even part of your business model. So yeah, I, I guess I, yeah. I don't want, I, my personal perspective is have the tools in your tool belt that you need to serve the market you want to serve and then throw everything else out. So Maybe I was uh, I was off with that before, but I just sorry, Nick. Go ahead, man. Well, I, I think to to that point is that it's like, you know, the the commercial agent that wants to be, and we all know, we've all heard for years that, you know, if you want to be really, if you want to be good at your job as a commercial agent, then be a journalist. But if you want to make really good money, be a niche specialist, right? And so I think that it goes the same way in how we run how we think about marketing we want to you know to use Preston's example the chat bots the the automation the text messaging the voice drops all these different things when really i think if we just if we just try to keep it more simple i think we can actually be a lot more successful instead of trying to spread ourselves so thin and have such a diluted marketing process i think if we just try to hone in and say okay i'm going to really kind of do really really great in these one or two areas and in these one or two areas here's the solid infrastructure of what i'm going to do and how i'm going to amplify my sales process or amplify our results because we have really, really solid infrastructure on this one or two mm-hmm. things. We don't say I need to have da 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 you know, going back to video. May, video might be a good might be a good thing for you to do, but if you're in um, you know, Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, it, it may not be the best thing, right? It's really good for me in the in in the heart of Silicon Valley in the in the California Bay Area. But for some it may not because you know your your audience still relies on a much different form of communication. And so I think mastering one or two, as opposed to being a journalist at 50, you know, and every, every day there's a new platform that you can integrate with. Just be really good and master the the small things first. Well, and I think too, if you guys, if you guys are to, you know, if you think about it from just a, let's pull, let's pull, you know, let's pull ourselves out of our industry because it's really easy to romanticize our position and think that we're special. But like, if you look at it from a core level, like if, if your spouse is having a heart attack, are you going to want to go to a heart specialist or are you going to want to go to a pediatrician? Like, well, pediatrician's not really the person I, I need for that, right? You're emotionally attached. In that moment, you're like, I want the, I need the heart surgeon. Like my, my spouse needs this. It's, and so the, there's a level of separation there where you get to an expert status, right? And you actually get to not only an expert status where you become a celebrity, right? And Nick talks about this like in his course and stuff is becoming the celebrity in a you know, in in a certain niche, which I think is very relevant, but like, there's also the side effect of that where it's like, dude, people want to know, like, and and there's a certainty when you deal with a specialist, there's a certainty that you're taking care of. This person is certified in this. And if you ask the heart, you know, if you ask the heart surgeon about something about kids feet, they're probably like, dude, I don't know, go, go, you know, go talk to this guy. Like, that's not my thing. Right. And that's fine. So it's about, you know, it's the heart surgeon connects with his market, right? He, 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 so let me ask you, let me ask this real quick. And I want to get to Zach Gold's question. I really do. He asked some good question about video converting online versus sure. the other. But real quick, I want to throw this out to everybody. What is one unique piece of what is one type of service, one product, one something out there? We're not here for 
for uh, this is just good as something that you're using in your in that in your agency or you're using in your marketing or you're using in your automations that you think is probably a good place for someone to start if they're trying to connect with a customer now maybe that's a thought maybe that's uh, an actual product itself but we're talking about well we got to know where they are in the buying journey we've got to know who our customer is we got to know their behaviors and their psyche to lay the path and this all sounds great and stuff but where, where should we start what what should we be trying to where I think people should start is their own list and their own list of customers and the people who are already buyers because buyers are buyers and they'll buy from you again if you give them a good reason to. So the lowest hanging fruit, the low, and I know this is counterintuitive to a lot of like what, like, like Preston and myself and, you know, Brian, you know, we all want to talk about lead generation and getting new prospects, but the lowest hanging fruit is your current buyers. And people who and, and the best way to start, email them and call them. And right, and if you can put that in automation and use a product like Active Campaign or Infusionsoft or Salesforce, then by all means do it. But the the place that you first need to start is each and every one of your single clients. Cross-sell them, ask for mm-hmm. referrals. Like that's the easy I know that's like like that's not like groundbreaking, but like everyone's say, Well, how do I get Facebook leads or how do I get YouTube leads or how do I get bro? Like, just start with what you got already. Like, there's plenty there already. Yeah. Do that first. Uh, I, now, I think one of the the thing that we have to focus on as well with our clients is asking them their why. Preston was saying why, why, why on the stuff uh, when he goes through marketing. But why did the client choose to go with us? Getting that piece of data. Or heaven forbid they leave us, getting the courage and asking, why did you leave us? Yeah. Uh, if you give the client the stage to tell you exactly why and it's it's non-threatening to them, they'll be honest with you. But if you, if you have so much ego that you think, oh, man, uh, they're always going to stay with me because I'm that great of an agent. Well, ego has no amigo, man. Your book is going to burn. You got to stay in there, stay active. And automation, what you got to use automation for oh, is to deepen God. the relationship. Automation yeah. should deepen the relationship with your client base and your potential prospects. Yeah, and and, I, and to expand on that, you know, you you talk about where where should people start? Uh, to, personally, I think it's education. You know, I it, like people will spend thousands of dollars on technology before they spend twenty dollars on a book. And now I'm not saying like you can also be you can also get yourself eight degrees and do nothing with it in life. So I'm not saying overeducate because execution is everything. But there is a sense where it's like you actually have to invest in and understand. You know, you have to invest in and understand like a lot of stuff we're talking about, like at the core of it, Nick and I could, you know, if you, if you were to take us out of YouTube or Facebook or Google or any of the things that we do on a regular basis, and you dropped us into China where they have their own unique uh, Facebook-esque type experience that's like Chinese, like if I recall correctly, the government has some influence on it. And it's like, it's only in China, you, you know, you can't, you like they have their own intro web almost. Like if you drop Nick and I into that, we'd find a way to be successful because we understand these core principles. Like the YouTube, the Facebook, the Google, that's just the platform that we're communicating on. The messages, I'm not gonna say the message is the same, but the message is rooted in the same core concepts. Right now, the way that we deliver that is going to be different, right? The way that we stage and position a video is going to be different than the way I stage and position an ad on Facebook, maybe with a still image or something like that. But we're still coming from the same place, trying to hit the same psychological triggers. I'd say learn how to sell. If you don't know how to sell, then that's the problem. I think the reason, and I I agree with everything that you guys just said. So ditto, 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 100%. The only thing I can add to this is, I think the reason a lot of people go looking for new Facebook leads 
is because they they don't want to sell anything that takes work. They're looking for give me the teed up, give me the perfect person who's ready to buy this minute who I can. Send and that's why something. they get frustrated when the leads don't work is because they have a selling problem. Yeah, it's it's yeah. are you are you thinking about the sales process the way? Take the three things that these guys just said, package them up, not just in the marketing but in the sales process, right? Why are they calling you? What is their true need, right? How many times, have, and you guys can, can kind of chime in on this. Someone's like, everyone that calls me from the internet is price focused. The reason is their problem in this moment, the thing that got them to pick up the phone or click the Facebook ad or whatever may have been that they just got their third price increase in a row. And that's what's mm-hmm. frustrating them. That does not mean that's the reason that they're going to buy from you. It does not mean that's the reason that they real, that the real problem, right? It just means, yeah, overcome that. I'll counter that though, Ryan, that is the reason that they'll buy from you if that's all you're willing to offer. And I think that that's also the trap that a lot of agents fall into is they don't dig their heels in. Right. You know, so it's like, if an insurance, if you get, and this is important to understand, if you get a client, right. And it's easy to go, Oh, everybody wants to buy on price. But if you're willing to be there, essentially their whatever word you want to call it. But if you're willing to be the guy who ends up selling out and like, they're like, well, they're going to buy on price. So I got to sell them on price. I'm not saying don't be competitive, but like if all you, if, if you end up just bending to that and all you offer is price and you talk about rates and you talk about how you might be able to give them a little bit more coverage, but you're still cheaper. Like if that's the foundation of your conversation, that is a loser man's game. Now, the reason I say that is because people can come to you on price and you can still sell them on value. Trust me, I was a farmer's agent. I you don't have an option when you're a captive. Like you sell on value or else you don't sell. This price wasn't really an option. So it's like it it's definitely a possibility when people come to you about price, there's a there's something to be heard there. And you sell them what they you know, you sell them what they want, but you give them what they need, right? And so like Ryan's talking about maybe you have a sales problem. But at the end of the day, right? Sales is just as psychological as marketing thing. True. Because right. think about it. Like, if you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, hey, let me ask you this because this is important, real quick, when we're talking about automation. I heard Billy Williams say this, and I think this is very important. He said that a lot of times what we do is, is we try to buy the software, we try to buy the automation software, and then we say, okay, I wonder how this is going to work in my agency. When really, shouldn't we look at our process? Shouldn't we look at our procedure and look at each part of it and say, what part can I automate? And what piece of software do I need to accomplish that? Not It's completely backwards to how we do it. What are your thoughts on that, Wes? Uh, I think that's, it's, you, you really, when you're looking at software, you, I often get asked coming from all the tech stuff, what is the best one? Well, really the best one is the one you're using and the one that you're going to use to the fullest. And absolutely looking and dissecting your process and then plugging the software into a part of your process that's going to benefit you, benefit your agency, maybe make things easier or make things more efficient, that's a good software. But there is not a one-size-fits-all. There isn't a king software, especially in this insurance industry. It's what one will you use? Push it to its max. If you have another problem that software can fix, get it. But don't get lost in software. That's a big thing I see is people have a uh, hundred different softwares and they're just using their AMS as a Rolodex. And that's, yes, that's but, all they're doing. 
I'd like to expand on that, though, because I think, we, you know, we talk about a lot of theory so far in this call, and that's all great. You need to know the psychology. If you don't understand the psychology, there's nothing tactical or strategic that you're going to be able to execute because you're, just, you're literally it's – like, it's like giving a Corvette to a 16-year-old that barely knows how to drive, right? It's like you're going to wreck it. And so you, you really want to learn how to drive this thing and learn the psychology first. But I do want to talk about some tactics because I think, it, I think it really ties in. And you have to understand kind of what you can do so that you can also understand why the why matters. So if you think about it, like, for instance, I, we use texting in our buyer's journey. Okay. Now, one of the things that I like to do, and I think that this is really important and, and data shows that it, it helps quite a bit, is I make sure that, that our prospects know what's happening next before it happens at every stage of the game, because people like certainty, especially in uncertain times, especially when they come to us with uncertain problems and they haven't really been helped. You know, when you paint that picture, that's part of paving that road. So I let them know, hey, you know, this is Preston. I appreciate you reaching out what you're going to, you know, what's going to happen next is, and then you're going to receive a call from one of our team members on that call. This is what's going to happen. And then we're going to make sure that you're taken care of. If you have questions, feel free to reach out. Then after that call, another text goes out to, to let them know the next step. And so we take them on a journey step-by-step step so that before something happens, they're aware that it will happen because that gives them a sense of comfort in that they're never, they're never like, you know, side blinded or, feel like what's going on here. We try to make sure that that the buyers are always cognitive of the journey that they're on so that they can feel confident about their buying decisions in hindsight. So that's I, a tactical uh, thing that we do. Yeah. And I also think, I know, I know Ryan has spoken at length about this. And so I'll probably um, just kind of tee him up here. But I, I agree when he talks about the premise of, you know, I think the the failure or the the trap that a lot of agents get into is and I've been there, is wanting to automate every step of the process and trying to remove yourself or, or minimize yourself to such a small degree. Uh, we have to remember at the end of the day that these people are wanting to do business with us as people as well. And if we're setting ourselves up as the brand, if we're setting ourselves up as the person that they want to do business with, if we never make the attempt to humanize that experience, then I think that's where we really kind mm -hmm. of fail. And so, you know, trying not to go too heavy one way or the other, never trying to go too heavy. I think we all do a really good job of saying you've got to be more digital, but you also got to remember you've got to balance that out to some degree with the analog portion of human beings being involved yeah. as well. And, and so I, I think that that's something that really gets lost. I know Vonda asked the question, if I could just afford one thing, um, I probably would go with, um, uh, if you were starting a new aging, new setup, what new everything, you're looking for one thing, what would it be for each of you? Uh, I probably would say my voice over IP, to be honest with you, so that I can yeah. do some of those things like texting, have have the ability to go be mobile and, and still answer client calls. I know it's a very tactical example, but that's probably what I would do. I think it's a cost effective one too. I, I would definitely, I would definitely agree with you on that, Nick. Um, the, the, the ability to have remote, to be able to work remotely via text and, and be able to integrate that in all that, that's been really critical. And I, and I think that that just allows you to have communication at a, at a core level with, with your, you know, with your consumers. Uh, and I, would, I do want to tee this up, Haley. I'd like to hear your spot, but we are talking about VoIP. And I do want to say that Lightspeed Voice is a sponsor of agents. <laughs> I'm just saying it, man. I, I, I truly think they're the best out of there. I don't make money for it. I just want you to know that they're the best out of there. Hanley, continue on, brother. I just was going to, I actually was going to go back. So yes, I think the solution is a hybrid agency that optimizes human interaction. It doesn't replace human interaction, which I think is what all these guys do so very well. 
you know, I wanted to touch on actually build off of what Wes had said about technology and using your technology and just give you guys a very real life example. Um, my wife's family's agency is 13 people. They do $3 million in revenue. They're 70% personal lines. They grew 12% last year and they use TAM. So, you know, nice. so it's like, so my, my point in saying all that is that it, you just have to use the tool, right? So they probably, unlike most agencies who use about 7% of their agency management system, they actually use about 40 to 50% of the thing. I mean, they don't even use 90%. Yeah. They probably use 40 per, 50% of the tool and it's not perfect. And yeah, you can't really market out of it. And yeah, there's some double entry, but like it's possible because they've done a lot, you know, a lot of the stuff that uh, GNN guys uh, have made famous. You know, I wish they hadn't shared all their secrets because now everybody wants to be a mortgage broker referral specialist. You know, I was doing that shit back in 09. So. But, uh, you found the band before it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, hamster. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But yeah, I mean, they have great relationships and they use TAM and it's like, you know, so it's not, you don't need a new agency management system. I think first use the tools you have today to the fullest of their potential. And in the places where those break and they're not allowing you to do the things you want to do, then it becomes obvious which tools you need to fix. I want to. I want to also add, though. I think there's a very critical component that we haven't generationally been able to experience yet. We're in a very weird stage in life, right? I mean, if you think about it, look back to when we were children, and this is really important to remember. Uh, when when any of us were young, right? Phones were attached to walls. You couldn't go more than twenty feet away from it unless you had that baller thirty foot cable. You know, like that really changed life. I remember when we first got that. But like, you know, we came from it. Like, thir- we were playing four player Nintendo or Super Nintendo or whatever it was on a 13 inch screen, like where we came from was so much different, even in our lifespan. And so when you look at the effect that that has, like, for instance, this is a good example. And for everybody to know, people think like Nick and Wes and I and Jason and I are like super tight. And I wouldn't disagree with that. But like, if you think about it, Wes, how many times have we met in person? Uh, Twice. And it was terrible. (laughs) This is the worst. (laughs) Nick, how many times have we met in person? Uh well you stayed at my house a couple times and uh yeah, I, think but, shared, I think we've shared clothes. Um so <laughs> less than ten though. Less than ten. I would even say probably around five times that we've met in person, right? And Jason, we've met what once, once twice in once. person? Once. Yeah. So this is what's really critical. And and I think that we haven't been able to actually understand and realize the impact and implication of this. Video very directly does replace and supplement the physical relationship. I'm able to bond with Nick, with Wes, with Jason, with Ryan. I'm able to bond with them in a way that we've never been able to. And and most of my my super strong friendships in this industry are done via Zoom calls. And it's like, we'll talk about like, you know, stuff that's going on in our life. We have vulnerable calls on, you know, about stuff that's going on in our life via Zoom calls. And and when we meet in person, it's like we talked about it in person. So I think that there's also, we haven't had the ability yet just due to how fast it's come on to us, but the impact that video is making to our lives, which will obviously have a direct correlation to our business. Video is, I think, the exception to this rule where most automation is, is going to be you know, most of these things that we're using, these tools and these tactics, these shiny objects are, they're going to come and go. But I will say, I think that I, I truly believe that video is one of those things that actually, it's not like a this or that video is the one thing that is still the relationship. It's not, I have to choose this or the relationship. It is the relationship. 
Are you ready to transform the way your business communicates? Look no further than Lightspeed Voice, the ultimate solution for insurance agencies seeking a seamless communication. I've used them for over eight years. I'm telling you, what I'm reading is the truth. Picture this, crystal clear calls, advanced features, unparalleled, flexible, tailored, just for you. That's Lightspeed Voice. Tired of drop calls and outdated systems? Lightspeed Voice has your back. Say goodbye to communication hiccups and hello to a new era of efficiency. I love that. Boost productivity with features like call recording, voice to email, and effortless call transfers. Work from the office, from home, or on the go. Lightspeed Voice keeps you connected wherever your business takes you. Don't worry about the transition. Our dedicated support and onboarding teams will guide you every step of the way. Make the switch to Lightspeed and join the ranks of satisfied insurance agency owners, like me, experiencing the power of seamless communication. Ready to elevate your agency? Visit lightspeedvoice.com or call 877.97-VOICE to schedule your free demo. Lightspeed Voice, we're more than just talk. Cast approved. Well, I, I think, Preston, you hit on something really, really important. With technology, if it's not accelerating your life, accelerating uh, the experience, causing things to be better, it's not good for you. If your agency is running at an eight and you buy a new automation platform and you go down to a three, well, what do you got to get rid of? You got to get rid of that automation platform because you need that speed to increase. You only you, you should be running at the fastest that you can, and technology should only help that. Uh, I see too many people that they get all the different technological features that they could ever dream of, but they took a step back within their agency. Mm-hmm. So use what you have, push it, accelerate. I mean, even even with the video, uh, we've we've only personally uh, been together twice. And, and met. But dude, we've had tons of video calls. I feel like when I see you, I've seen you every single day because the technology is accelerating everything really, really quick in that relationship. So I think that's 100%. a really, really important principle. Well, and and just to just to you know go on that, like, dude, if you were like, bro, there's like mafia coming to my house right now. I don't know what to do, and I can't call the police. Like, I'd be on a one way ticket to drop kick someone down some stairs. Like, that's that's the cool thing about video is I wouldn't have been able to have that just from a phone call. I wouldn't have been able to have that from a text message. But you and I have been able to connect as human beings through video. This is and and that's why I think it's really unique because it is tactical in the sense that it's a tool like any other tool. But it's the one tool I will say, and and this is the thing for everybody watching, if you're like a first year agent and you're like, I I can't afford any of this stuff, you can afford video. You can afford to go on useloom.com. It's a free thing. You can record your screen with a little video of you. It's an absolutely free tool. It will give you a URL at the end of it. You can send that in an email to a client that will automatically make you more efficient. It will make you uh, connect better with your client. You'll save them and you time. And here's the thing. And this is a lot of people don't understand this about video. You know, if you try to present, for instance, it's a very tactical thing you can use video for. If you try to present in person, right, you have to explain something generally to one person, and then they have to go back to their spouse and with a third grade financial literacy have to try to re-explain what you explained to them to their spouse. And then their spouse goes, well, that sounds stupid. I don't want to do that. And then they go, well, all right. And then a week goes by, two weeks goes by, and the, and the client ghosts you and you go, well, what happened? Nobody wants to buy. No, dude, you trusted somebody that's a carpenter to explain insurance to another person. 
That's what you did. So by giving them a video link, they just pass that off to their spouse and their spouse goes, yeah, it looks good to me. Let's buy it. And so you've allowed two people to be in one presentation without people having to physically go anywhere. That is a very free tool that you can use right off the bat to start increasing things. So money doesn't have to be involved. Preston's throwing shade at carpenters here. Yeah. What's up with the carpentry? No, dude, carpenters are important, man, because I live in a yurt. If it wasn't for carpenters, I'd be living in a yurt. So mad respect. But I don't expect a carpenter to know insurance, and I don't expect me to know how to frame a house. Right? So it's like we need to we need to trust the job to the professional. Do you understand either one? I'm just curious. Do you understand either insurance or how to frame a house? No, man. I'm just here for the free food. Um, I'm I'm interested in your guys' take in Keith Phillips's question. Uh, as an agency owner, it is difficult to get staff on camera. What uh, I, I'm interested in your three guys' take on that topic. Yeah, Nick, why don't you go on that? You're you're most. Yeah, this so is I've, uh, I've I've experienced that, and so there's a couple there's a couple different ways that I've addressed that right, wrong, or indifferent. Uh, I've done it a few things. If you look at a lot of the first videos that I ever started making for my previous agency, a lot of it was me. And a lot of it was me for two reasons. Number one, I can execute it faster and I didn't want to wait around for anybody or hear their excuse. And B, because they were actually really, really bad on camera. And so I thought, well, I could just do this much faster than them. And I've since evolved that position a little bit to where um, I'm not putting so much uh, weight on well, how good are they on camera? I, it's more so trying to frame the message. So I'll say this: if you if you have the if you are unable to get your current staff on video, I would Number one, I would recruit staff, and I make this a, a question in the recruiting, how comfortable are you on camera? Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to infuse that new blood into the agency. But the people that are already there pre-existing, like I, I'd rather not try to squeeze blood from, from a rock if they're just not going to do it. If it's just going to come across really, really poor, I'll do it myself or I'll find somebody else on the team who can do it for me. I think the, the person that it comes from is not as important as the message that's being delivered, and your consumer is not always going to know who is who in your agency, sure. unless you just outright just blatantly tell them. So I think just from my own like use of that, it's either do it yourself or find somebody else on the team who will or recruit people for the team who don't have that problem. I, well, and I, 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 I want to share some, if I can, really quickly about how we did what Nick is saying. We had one of our key gals uh, that didn't want to do video. She said, you know, she never looked good. She didn't sound good. She was really hard on herself. And so uh, I was just communicating with her. Uh, we were in the break room and we were just chatting and she was talking to me about how she needed to raise like $8,000 to help her autistic son. He was, he was writing a book. And I said, well, hey, I'm going to use this opportunity right here. I said, uh, if I can utilize video and if we can get that money and we can fulfill your pain point, will you do it in the workplace if I can help you in your personal life? And she's like, yeah, you're not going to get it. Nothing's going to work. And I said, just come in my office, got my camera out. We created a video about this video for her autistic son. Uh, we slapped it on the internet. It was about three hours that the money was raised. And bing, I said, bing, bing. Amy, there you go. That That's the power of video right there. So all yeah. this time that you're spent worried about, you know, a script and your makeup and how you sound, you just got to go at it yeah, and, and look what it can do. Yeah. And, and, and to that point, like I've had people on my team, I had to explain them. These were people in, so like people in service roles are a lot trickier to get involved than people in sales mm -hmm. roles. You tell a salesperson, yes. look, we're trying to do this to increase your sales. They're a lot more <laughs> apt to do it. Um, yeah. And, and the, at least the good ones are, and that's kind of a good barometer for, Hey, I'm yeah. trying to make this content so that you can actually get more sales. Well, okay. I mean, that's 
the responsible good salesperson. So yes, uh, showing them the results and showing them, uh, painting the picture of the result that could happen as a result is, is, is a good way to influence them. I think too, it's important, Keith, if, if you're going to do that, I think it's important to lead from the front on that one. Like, you know, it to, you can't go to your team too. And I don't know if you are or aren't, uh, but I think it's important for everybody in the call. You know, if you're, if you're going to the team and going, Hey, listen, I want to show you some video. Then just start doing it. Show them that you're making more money. Show them that you're saving more time. Show them that you're connecting with more people. Paychecks are report cards, right? So it's like if at the end of the day, if they see you making more money, then they're going to probably want to follow suit. And if they don't, then I would question your actual hiring in your company culture. Like you need to really evaluate that. Like if those are the people that don't want to move, they don't want to change, they don't want to embrace things that will make them more money. At the end of the day, is that what you want in your agency? And sometimes you have to make a pivot. I agree. Uh, I agree emphatically with what you guys are talking about. And I think, um, you know, I, I like it because we are, you gave some good examples there. And Wes, that was an awesome example about how you you made her a believer, right? And I, I'll be honest with you, like I'm kind of thinking to myself about my staff and trying to, yes, she needed actually a direct income. She was trying to look for a direct buy, you know, trying to get, uh, uh, she was had a call to action of, hey, I need this amount of money. But how much could we do that to maybe help our own staff with some of the passions they may have, right? So if they have some kind of passion, is being able to find that out about them and then saying to them like, hey, let's create a video of that. And then once they start seeing some feedback on that, it could make them a believer. So I, th- I think that's a, that's a very interesting takeaway on some of the stuff that's being said. Anybody have anything on that? Anything you want to add? Okay, I want to I want to throw this out there. There's a lot of talk about AMS systems out there. Now let's just get brutal. Let's get real, get real, real guys. Okay, uh, we're not here to sponsor anybody or to get it out there. But I want to know who you guys are using and where we're going. Wayne Gretzky said it best. He said you can't go where the puck is. You got to go where the puck's going to be. I teach that to my kids, especially in soccer. Don't run at the guy. Figure out where he's going to go and try to cut him off. And that same exactly. concept that we're using here. How? I mean, I know that there's the talk of you know the the. I'm just going to tell you. I think overall, hands down, one of the best systems out there is going to be applied. Okay. I think they're very well-rounded. I think they're severely overpriced. And I don't think that they're for a lot of the industry. Keep in mind, 70% of the industry is either five, six, seven people or less. Okay. So that, that, that the majority of the industry is like you as an agency owner on here, uh, unless you're Zach Gold and you have 796 million people. And I only say that for Zach Gold because I'm chatting with him on the side and I'm trying to get him to pop in here as a special guest star. And he's saying no. No, he doesn't want to steal your guys' thunder. If you know like, Zach Gold, Steve Austin. What? Let him in. Let him in. I'm trying. He won't. I sent him the Bring link. Him in the ring. I, I, I sent him the link and he won't get in. So I think well, he's not well, at work. He doesn't have his hair done. So oh, come you know, on. You know, he's big on the hair. He's probably got it. He's got a he's got a it must a, be nice. Yeah, Just put the camera on his bobblehead and then talk behind the camera. That'll work perfectly. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) that's up to you man i invited you on so so um i think uh yes so so i was wanting to so i I think applied is a very good product as far as all around now we can have our differences but i want to know out there that some of the management systems um i would love to see a lot of these main players just go out of business right here jason will say it because yeah that i don't really care i just want the best for agents out there there's a lot of talk recently about this now search and i know you guys are heavily involved in now search um and when i say heavily involved meaning that you guys know the owners the owner is actually one of those unique people that actually listens to the people that maybe want to buy his product or are using it (laughs) imagine that 
But I know that, uh, for instance, I'm with QQ Catalyst. I would love to get rid of them as soon as possible. Um, I would. Uh, I do know that Vertifor is just absolutely their system like goes down all the time. It's terrible. This call brought to you by QQ Catalyst. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. And I, I think Easy Links out there has a lot of problems. I don't believe that they're open. I think they want to try to play both sides of the fence. Me personally, these are all my personal personal thoughts. I think I think uh, Hawksoft's a great system. I think they probably have the best system for reporting. But if you've ever used Hawksoft, it takes you 100 clicks to do what it can take 10 clicks in every other place. And I say that for a reason. I bought my agent. The agency we bought had Hawksoft. And my staff used it for about two weeks and literally was threatening mutiny if we didn't get rid of the damn thing. I mean, they hated it. And they, and they were comparing it to QQ. So I know there's the tech canaries out there that I'm trying to use. And I'm having a terrible time with them because they're just not the best onboarding. You'll talk to clients that have them say, oh my God, they were they were terrible at onboarding, but now that I have the product, it's awesome and it's what I want. But it's kind of like somebody said earlier, um, Hanley said about sales. He said, well, I think selling is, is something you need to start with. The saying out there is, is that nothing happens until a sale starts. Well, I think I disagree with that. Nothing happens until you find somebody to sell something to. So I agree with what Preston was saying as well as maybe do your education, do your research so that you can find that person to be in front of. And I think that this is the same thing when it comes to um, management systems. So now that I've just blown the doors off, there's people listening so who are just completely disagree I want to hear from Wesley real quick. I want to hear from Wesley and what he thinks about the management system as a whole. But then if you want to tell us about uh, now certs, feel free to do that. What do you think, Wes? Okay. I, I want to address first the applied Google thing. Uh, yesterday, I went to a business that Google is doing and utilizing a similar tactic with. And I wanted to go on ground zero. And I wanted to learn uh, within that building, why was Google doing what they were doing? What was going to be the outcome? And as I was doing that, I was thinking in my head, what's happening with applied? Maybe they're going to use a similar tactic. What I found was very, very eye-opening. Uh, Google was coming into that particular company and the company's called Podium. And they were coming into that company to help boost and accelerate their growth. With that being said, there's a new uh, feature that Google is going to utilize with this company. Google's also going to maintain that same feature in their Google Maps program. So within their competitor, they came in, they dumped money, but they also have an answer within their Google platform. So it was a really interesting dynamic. I have pages of notes that I need to evaluate more, um, but it opened my eyes with the whole applied Google thing. Um, I am not an applied user. And in fact, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very crazy with management systems because I'll never use the same one. Uh, between my two agencies, I always have different ones going. Uh, right now, it is EasyLinks in Salt Lake City, and it is NowCerts in Los Angeles. And Peter, who owns NowCerts, is located in Salt Lake City, where my home's at. And so I spend a lot of time with him. The reason for me that now certs is trending well is because they're, they're nimble, they're light on their feet, they listen, they're evolving. To me, EasyLinks did all these same things like five, six years ago, but then they just got such aggressive market share that they no longer needed to. Um, right. Now certs is, is doing that. And so for the reason of, of them listening and Peter being very ultra responsive, I've hitched my wagon with them uh, right now. And, and, and I have been nothing but impressed because week over week, things get better. 
Right. And keep in mind, that's very unbiased in what he's saying there. Um, I want to say loyal listeners all the time because I think I'm on a podcast, but that's very important what he's saying right there, because as you heard him, he has multiple agencies that have multiple um, management systems. So he's not jumping in. No one owns Wes. He's just trying to make the best of what's around. That's Dave Matthews used to say. Um, but he's just trying to make the best of what's around. And so I really like that, Wes, when it comes to it. And if you guys have some thoughts and some questions about some products, yes, you can reach out to Preston and Nicholas. But also, Wes is a huge resource because, as he said, he is a uh, A-B testing geek. So, like, he has different phone systems. He has different management systems. He, I think, are you using Slack and Teams or just Slack? I'm using Slack, but this podium uh, visit that oh. I had yesterday, they have a mission to overtake Slack. So it was kind of crazy. But yeah, Slack, the parity that exists between the two agencies, the only thing that, that is the same is Slack is used in both agencies and virtual assistants are used in both agencies. Other than that, every other part of it is A-B split testing. It's all different. And it's strategically, it's always different. Who do you use for your virtual assistants? <laughs> you you're By my way, virtual he's assistant the CBA, he's the cto of them that's a good thank you for that nice little uh, bro nick and hey real 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 quick um jason do you think epic will be where the puck is going in five plus years um and i don't know about the future but i do know yes they will be um relevant i mean they're just too big they're too, too they're too far along um in their technology um i can yeah that's all i'm going to stop by saying that because i actually have a good relationship with them all right what would you say preston so I just feel like, uh, you know, and, and keep in mind, my, my tenure with this is is uh, pretty short on the AMS side, right? I, I'm quick. I'm also quick to throw a middle finger to somebody who's like going to charge me massive amounts of money and provide, provide me near zero value or service. So me and EasyLinks didn't get along pretty much from the get go. And, you know, I'm happy to expand on that. I have recorded calls. I'm happy to share if you really want to see how shitty they are. But the uh, with that said, uh, you know, I met I met Peter at NowCerts on a uh, um uh, on a trip in Utah, I was with a good friend, Kirk Chester. Uh, we met with, we met with, uh, Peter, we had coffee there and we were talking about now certs and, you know, they they, there's just, <laughs> I knew yeah, they do have coffee in Utah. I, we were, we were watched with, with, with side eyes and, uh, there was a lot of anger, but yeah, we did. And the, you know, when I met with him, the, there's certain people you just see that there's like a, a, a passion. They, they actually live with mission and, and they wake up every day with purpose, you know, and, and when I, and I look for people to, to work with that, that exude that and, and that live that. Right. And now will that always be the case for him and now sir? It's, I mean, I don't know. I hope not. I hope not for him. And the reason for that is I hope he eventually sells out, dude. I hope he gets to live on a yacht or whatever the hell he wants to do. I hope that for everybody on this call, I want everybody to win. I want everybody to succeed. Right. Like, and, and so, but when you meet with him, you also realize like he, he really truly does want to make an impact. He cares. He listens. Changes that have been requested have been made. And that's, and, and I was never told, you know, and, and this is the thing I will say, I know all change requests cost money. I know that, you know, I, I, we, we do a lot of technological fulfillment for our clients. And it's like, I understand when somebody asks them to me, that's going to cost me money. So, so with him, that's very, very directly correlating. But with that said, he never goes, yeah, I'll do that. It's going to cost X, Y, and Z amount. No, he just does it. Right. And he, he pays the buck knowing that that's going to add a feature for all of his users, which at the end of the day is going to make his product more valuable. I th- I like now certs. I think it's I think it's clean. I think the Jack Mormon coffee. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think it's uh, I think it's clean. I think the layout is very simple. I think that the integration capabilities are huge. And this is the thing. And I, and I know Nick has suffered through this a little bit on his own. I think Wes has as well. You know, when I was using EasyLinks uh, heavily, 
you know, you had this like you had this easy links at the core and then you had to build like this ecosystem around it that didn't directly communicate with it. And so there was all this double entry and everything I needed. You know, the AMS was really E&O prevention, like, you know, claim prevention, but everything happened outside of it. Right. And the thing that I like about uh, uh, now certs is is Peter really listen. And, and, you know, there's there's integration with Infusionsoft. I think, uh, Nick, you might know more about this, but I think he was working on integration with Active Campaign, or it might be rolled out now. Um, but either way, he has Zapier access, so you can do it through Zapier. So one thing, this is very important because we we have somebody, uh, and you know, if you know those East Coasters, they're uh, they're very tough, and and they want things done their way. So I want to, I do want to bring in uh, a little special guest because uh, we called him out on it, and he said, "Oh, really? Oh, really? Well, I'll show up. I'll show up." So I want to bring on. Uh, yeah. Mr. <laughs> Gold, how are you doing, buddy? How are you doing? Have the theme music coming in, like you know, it's gotta have the theme music, like the Royal Rumble. Music, <laughs> right? Hey, man. Yeah, so, Zach, tell us what have you been thinking about some of this stuff we're talking about automating, and what I'm gonna bring Handling in here in a minute, so you can tell him that you've been doing the referral thing longer than him. But uh, I mean, uh, what do you think about what's going on, man? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Mike's Mike's okay. You guys can hear me. Yeah, absolutely. We're good. Yeah, so I uh, I'm very unemotional about the the QQ catalyst or whomever. To me, it's totally secondary. To me, it it, it doesn't really matter. To me, more what matters is that we are being introduced to the client at the right time that they want to make a buying decision, and from then the QQ catalyst or uh, a, a TAM or applied. Like I, I don't really care too much, but I love what's going on in this discussion about the automation and about the video proposal and about all the techniques, because what matters most, like Nick said and Preston said, and everybody else said in the call is it matters most about, do you know who your ideal client is? And do you have the necessary systems and tools that support them? So my ideal client is my referral partner. That's it. I don't really care about the age of the actual end user of my product, which happens to be insurance. All of my systems and strategies are based on the referral partner, which is the mission statement that's right behind me. Everything I do in 2019 is going to be based on making my agency best for the referral partner. Everything else is hearsay. That's yeah. kind of where I'm going. Cool story, bro. Yeah. I, uh... <laughs> hey, I mean, I, you know, I agree. This I agree. Night, this paralysis paradox thing is everything. Yeah. Like I, I read about it a little while ago, and it's just if you think about if the decision is A or B, like should I have a chat bot on my website or should I not, just as an example? Well, if you throw an option C, well, what about like XYZ? You get total paralysis where the answer is yeah, you probably should have a chat bot on your website. Move on. Go get it. Doesn't necessarily yeah. matter about the ROI, but just Go do it. It seems like the best strategy to do. It seems like your clients are asking for it. Just go do it. Well, I think you hit it on the head right there when you said you're building your agency around your ideal client, which is your referral partner. And so by doing that, you have to ask, you have to ask the question, is this, is this in the best interest of my referral partner or is it in the best interest of me and my pride and saying I have a chatbot? I know we're throwing shade at chatbots a lot today, but just as an example, yeah. Yeah. Is, is this in the best interest of the people that I'm trying to serve? 
Right. So here's yeah. the thing that's amazing about this. And I have some referral geeks on here uh, when it comes to video and everything is that it's amazing how we've had this explosion of these marketing referrals, right? Going firing your referral partner. That's a real big buzzword. Right. And really what's amazing is, is I, I get this from talking to some of the, uh, the veteran mm -hmm. agents. They go, that's nothing new. Right. That's how I built my business was off referral. But here's one thing I think is important for everybody listening. It's something referencing back to Nicholas said. He said, we're just not wanting to put the processes together. We're not wanting to do the in-between work. Right. And I think that that is what you guys, Zach and Matt, have absolutely mastered. I think that's what Preston has done. A lot of agents. So it's not just, hey, I have referral partners. It's putting together a systematic way of finding the good ones helping build value. I love what you say, Zach. And I tell that to Sean, my producer all the time when he goes on these lunches is it's not about us, right? How can you help them? How can I connect with you? How can I better your network? And I think that those are the important things. And I really think that that is the part that a lot of agents, especially the younger agents who are new to this, they just think I get a partner, I send them a couple emails, they just start sending me business. And when it doesn't happen, they say, well, Zach and them are, are anomalies. What would you say about no, that? There's an interesting way to look at it, and I'm paraphrasing this story, so my apologies in advance, but Southwest, everybody knows they're the low-cost airline. There's nothing else to say about them. That's what they focus on, right? So there's a story about how they they surveyed all their clients, which is something they should not do, but they surveyed all their clients because that doesn't help them be the low-cost airline. But they surveyed them, and it came back that their food sucked. Their food was absolutely terrible. So they decided, you know what? We're going to go ahead and offer a chicken salad. Chicken salad's like a staple. It's easy to make in bulk, yada, yada. So they presented it to, to Herb, the, the owner of the company, and they said, hey, like, we got an idea. We're going to start selling chicken salad. And he thought about it, and he looked right at the marketing person and said, hey, how will chicken salad help us be the lowest, lowest cost airline? And he just shut up. <laughs> and the person was like, I guess we're not going to sell chicken salad. And that's the answer. Like, stop doing things that don't help you achieve your mission because it's all just crap. There's so much you could do. So Jason, to your point, I obsess over creating raving fans, my referral partners. So everything we try to do is to create raving fans for them. That just so happens to be a pretty good client experience, but I'm not going to obsess over the client experience. I'm going to obsess <clears throat> over how easy it is to refer GNN. That's it. That's well, right. And when, when you started that mission, Zach, too, and I think this is an important part, when you started, now you've been in insurance, you know, being independent isn't, you, you know, your first rodeo in insurance, right? But when, when you started the mission of referral partners, I'm sure you weren't as good at it as you are today, right? You weren't as confident at it as you are today. Your conversations probably didn't go as smooth, right? And so I think there's an, also an element that what made you guys successful is you kept doing it. You know, you committed to a process and you said, even when it feels like it's not working, we're going to keep doing it until it works. And I think that yeah. that's the biggest thing is there's a sense of instant gratification, right? If something doesn't work in 30 days, it must be broken. And it's like, well, that's not true. You know, it's like if you decided to try working on a car today, are you going to learn how to swap a motor in 30 days? Maybe, maybe not. Does that mean that you won't ever be able to? No. Yeah. It's true. Most people just don't want to do the work. I mean, that's the point here is that Cass has been given the same talk for 10 years. I've been given the same talk for 10 years. I watched Brent Kelly do this for eight years. I, I mean, you know, Randy Schwantz has been teaching literally the secret to selling insurance. The wedge works. It's not shady. That shit works. You use the wedge and you build, you even build that into an automated process. That shit works. 
Nobody does it because they don't want to do the work. And that's the stuff that frustrates me. Zach is a great guy. Matt is a great guy. But they're no smarter. They haven't had any experience that changes anything, right? They just work every day. They show up and they do the work. And he writes things on that crazy board behind him. And he runs ideas past Matt. And Matt runs ideas past him. And then they put it into practice. And then, you know, and I don't know Preston that well, but I watch him from afar. The dude's always trying new shit and figuring out what works. And if that doesn't work, you see him do something else. And it's it's just do the show up and do the work. Like use your agency management system. God, if I have to have one more conversation about agency management. When I heard you say that the other day, Zach, you were like, someone was like, I was asking Zach if I should have this agency management system. He told me to shut up and just pick one and move on. I was like, that's the answer. Shut up, pick one, and move on. Because use the tool until the tool doesn't work, and then the next tool will be obvious to you because you'll have done the work that tells you exactly what you should choose, right? Preston yeah. used Easy Links until Easy Links didn't work for him, and then he moved on right. to something else. Well, and I think it's important too for people to understand their own behavior. It is it is an innate human uh, emotional response. We want the new opportunity because the improved opportunity. Has, that makes us, we have to admit in the improved opportunity that we failed somewhere. We did not execute. And you have to look in the mirror and you have to realize, right? Because if I look for the improved opportunity, that means that it wasn't good enough before, right? So that's why, like, for instance, people do like the lose weight pill because they weren't able to lose weight via working out and eating better. So they failed themselves. So it's easier for them in their mind to go, I'll buy the pill. This will work. Working out didn't work. I'll do the new thing. No, you needed to do more of the last thing is what happened. You needed to either do more of it or find a different way to do it. The new pill's not it, but emotionally in a core level, humans intrinsically are going to try to find a new opportunity. Now, that's why when we position things, we try to position them as new opportunities because that's how people buy. But really at the end of the day, you, you need to be able to look at yourself, rise above that, because that that is a part of your DNA. Whether we like it or not, we will always try to chase a new opportunity. It, it, we want that because we don't want to have to face the fire that maybe we didn't do as good as we could have. We didn't give all that we could have. And, you know, it's like it's like looking in the mirror and just going, I'm going to do this one more day. And you do that enough days and you're going to have a different result. And I think that's what Zach and Matt really mastered is they were very persistent. They were very consistent. And, and through that, years later... Now they blew up. And so it's easy to look at them and be like, well, they're celebrities. I'll never get that. They weren't celebrities. There was a time when they weren't. They were just the guy going to meet partners. But now they are. And why? Because they did it enough. The fact that their insurance celebrities exist is the most amazing thing to me. Just, <laughs> just the fact that that's a thing. Um, that's the Paris Hilton of insurance. The Paris Hilton of insurance. That's oh, Matt. Zach. Zach, Zach and I agree that's Matt. He's the Kardashian of insurance. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Hanley, what you said there is was interesting. Like, you know, I'm pressing too. It's like what it comes back to is we are what we repeatedly do, right? What you repeatedly do is what you become. So if you focus tremendously on QQ catalysts and different systems, like you're going to become a nitwit of that CRM. And that is just a giant waste of time. So it is just pick one and be unemotional if it fails or not. But we looked, for instance, not to plug Wes more than he needs it, but we looked at the service-based tasks and we're like, we don't want to be what we repeatedly do. See ya. Like those are gone now. 
We don't want to focus on any of that stuff. What we want to become is we want to become the best place for referral partners to send their clients. And that's what we're going to be repeatedly doing. And I'm going to be constantly reaching out to other insurance agencies all across the country and learning that their client experience is so much better than mine. And I'm constantly going to be just chatting with like Troy Thompson and other people that I've been chatting with lately and be like, oh man, there's so much that they can do. But then I don't go do that. I just listen and absorb it. And I understand that they're, they're better at it than me. And I just kind of move on and I just keep on my path. So we've, obtain, we've obtained that wedge per se, Ryan, what you're saying, because we just don't do anything else. That's it. We just don't do it. I don't care. Well, I, I want to talk on uh, what Zach has done. It's really been incredibly unique. Uh, I speak with and have spoken with hundreds of agency owners about all the virtual assistant stuff. And those discussions with the average agent are four, four separate meetings that go hour and a half, two hours long, um, very, very long meetings. Zach and Matt use virtual assistants probably more effectively than the majority of the nation. My conversations with them about virtual assistants, I swear it's been under 15 minutes. Like they make a decision, like he said, they're unemotional and then they implement the heck out of it and they push, 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 push. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're so good. There's no fear. Everyone else, it is littered with fear on what could go wrong. What is the DOI going to think? What do I do with APIs, uh, IPs, all different acronyms? Look, dude, don't let fear motivate you. Go forward, push on, and and, and they run fearless. And and that's the one what I love. One thing that Zach said uh, on a a video call that we had the other day uh, was, you know, you guys do your weekly meetings, right? Which I think is awesome, right? You guys do your weekly 90-minute meetings. And it was actually a really good observation because, and even for me, right, you, you said every week, you, when you meet, there's roughly 25 things, 25 problems that come up that you guys need to fix, right? And, and uh, you know, I was thinking about that when you said that. And I'm like, 25 problems a week? That's insane. That is yeah. so much. But if you think about it, you're going to have 25 problems every week. And if you focus on the same problems every week, you're never really growing, right? You'll always, and, and that what that taught me is we're always going to face resistance. If we're moving forward, you know, like I told you in that call, a, a speed bump is a sign of, of movement, right? It means that we're moving. So if we hit a speed bump, you can look at that and go, life's hard, or you can look at that and go, fuck yeah, we're moving forward, right? And so you're always going to have those 25 problems. The question is, are they the same problems every week? Or do you choose to have new problems next week? And so what you do is you just go, you know, do I spend a bunch of time on this? No, we're going to take action. And if it works, it works. If not, we'll reevaluate in 90 days. Simple, right? But that's, I just feel like the more, uh, in, in, in Hanley, I, I stole a lot of this from you, is just, just really reading and just understanding that we're not insurance agencies, we're businesses. And I wanted to say it one more time, like we're not insurance agencies. We own businesses, right? right. We're entrepreneurs. Do you know and how much trouble Cass case, and I just got go in read. It's our like, Tell them about it, Hanley. Tell them about it. Cass and I got in so much trouble about seven years ago because we were bombing around the country going, stop being agency owners and start being business owners. Stop. We would literally just, we were trotting around the country saying those phrases and we got in so much crap because everyone's like, you don't understand Rah, my agency management system, Rah, APIs. And it's like, guys, I don't know what to tell you. Like you either want to grow or you don't. Like I read this book 
I've quoted this book. If you follow me on social media, I've been quoting this book for three months now, 12 Rules for Life. This is the greatest book I've ever read in my life. This is my new Bible. He talks about the Bible, so that's not anti-religious. This b- built off of uh, Christian and Judeo, and even there's some Buddhist and, and fundamentals in here. So, you know, don't hate on me for saying that this is my new Bible. But he talks about two things. Competence and persistence are the two things that show results long-term over time. Those are the only two things. You're competent in the thing you're doing and you persist in that thing or you're not going to win. So you either want it or you don't. And like, it's super hard. I, you know, like I make mistakes all the time. I fall off the horse. Everyone has bad days, right? Like I had 90% of the content I've created in the last two years ripped off the internet away from me. Get back on the horse and get to work, right? Like that's the way that it is. Like this is, this is life. You know, I just, I'm so sick of talking about these things. I'm like, so sick. I want to, I want to talk about pushing forward new ideas, solving problems. And, and that's the fun stuff. The, the agency management decision, we, every time you ask yourself what agency management system should I have, just slap yourself right across the face, like hard, just do it. You'll stop. I guarantee if you hit yourself hard enough, you'll stop talking about agency management system. I, and, that's, and that's where Hanley and I, I push back on you. I think it's something that a lot of agencies are going through. And I agree. Starts. Decision over. Select one. Decision over. Oh, you do. You do. There you go. Pick one. You were dancing cash back in 2013. Write their names on a piece of paper. Write the names on a piece of paper. Put them in a hat. Pick one out and do whatever it takes to put that one on your agency. Over with. There it is. But here's the deal. I was also I was also part of QQ in 2013, and they were the big next coming thing. So fucking switch, man. And now I have to switch again. What I'm realistically trying to do as an agency owner, as be as a business owner, is be realistic in what I'm trying to do and say, how can I prevent from having to switch again? And that and that is the never going to happen. You're going to have to switch every five to six years for the rest of your life. You know what, dude? You're going to have to switch every five to six years for the rest of your life. There it is. I think that's actually more right than you actually realize. And I that's why you need to start listening to me. I've been telling you this for a decade. Correct. Yeah, I know. Okay. So, anyways, hey. So, is uh, like old married couple? Like hey, old. Let everybody know. Everybody know. We have four minutes here, and we are wrapping this up. Uh, they will cut us off. They, they used to. They will just like literally cut us off. So, I want to finish up by saying, Zach, appreciate you stopping in, man. I'm gonna catch you out because thank you very much for stopping in, though. I, I thought that was awesome. So, good see you, you see you, brother. You can, All right. So, I've um, talked enough too. You can boot me out and let Wes and. Uh, Ryan, Ryan, real quick, though, um, I do appreciate you coming on and you bring a good mix to it because isn't it funny? I mean, being serious, Ryan, isn't it kind of funny how I kind of feel like the old guy in the room? I mean, do you not kind of feel that way, bro? It's like we've been doing this for like 10 years and we now have a bunch of people who said, OK, well, we'll kind of take it. I love it. I love it. You guys are all smarter than we are. So it's so much more fun. Yes, yes. And for a while there, Hanley and I were the smartest people in the room, and that, that was, was never the case. That was Cass, never you were that. never the smartest guy in the room. Oh, I, I, I was. I was. I was. All right, buddy. I'll catch you out of here. Let me bring back in Pretzel. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. So, anyways, guys, uh, hold on. He'll be coming back in here. There he is. There's our big old Schmidley. Um, so, hey, um, he can still ha- ha- hear us. Uh, so, Hanley can. The cool thing about talking right now, though, is he can hear us, but we can't hear him. So, you just start talking as much as you want and the fat mouth and all kinds of stuff. Did you guys know that Ryan was really actually never an agent? 
He really never was. It's all a big farce. Now you look at I can see it. <laughs> you guys need to do a makeup kiss. Sorry, man. Sorry, Nick, Hanley. Nick just wants to see you guys kiss. Okay, you know, oh. Hanley's actually Hanley's actually flipping me off right now. I can see it. So Hanley, we're joking. He was an agent. He's the real deal. Rubber sole, sole shoes on the concrete, dude. Uh, that, that's his saying. Guys, wrapping it up here, I really thought that maybe 90 minutes would be too much, but actually here we are on it, and we got a lot. It's I want to thank enough. everybody. I want to thank everybody for coming on. Um, I really, really do. I mean, I'm not talking about you guys right now. I'm actually talking about the people who actually stayed on here. We were all the way up to 99 people. I thought we'd get triple digits, but we didn't. Um, but that's okay. I do want to thank each one of you guys. And I'd like to close out, man, by, by just allowing you. I don't really have anything specific to say. But when it comes to marketing, when it comes to automation, when it comes to 2019, when it comes to platforms, when it comes to ideas, things that they would do. One thing I did hear in there, I will say this and these all these chats is everybody's looking for and it's okay for this type of event is they're looking for that one thing like what should i do if i was going to start i mean uh, ayers knocked it out of the park i mean just start with the lay you know that your gold is in your book right but but wesley i want to throw that out to you like what is something being the new owner well you're not a new owner but being young in this industry looking at the next thing you're thinking in ways that other agents just aren't thinking like and we want to get into your brain for a minute what what do you think about 2018 automation and marketing coming up I think, well, for 2019, automation marketing, I think the focus is uh, twofold. Accelerate whatever you're doing and, and deepen that relationship. That has to be the focus as opposed to replacing you. Because replacing you isn't benefiting you. But if it can accelerate your efforts and or your mission statement, boom, go at it. If if also it deepens that relationship with referral partners, with prospects, with existing clients, automation is the way to go. But if it's not doing one of either of those things, then then don't do it. So that that's kind of my thought with the automation. Uh, Ayers, I know you've got a hard stop. Tell us what you think, man. Yeah, I think uh, start easy and start with uh, your current... Uh, your current list, that's the most powerful asset you have is the data that you already have, which is your current customer base and prospects. Start there and communicate with them. If you want to scale fast, then use video and email. If you want to, if you want to go slow and steady, then pick up the phone call, pick up the phone and call them. I think that that's going to be the, your best, fastest and most inexpensive start to, to propel. Ayers, if you got to drop off at any time, feel free to do it, man. I thank you very much for being here. I really do. My, my main man with the, with the plan, Mr. Preston Schmidley. Preston, the thing that's been interesting about you is, is you've really, really hit the scene really hard. And I think that uh, what you did is actually something people can learn in their own business, which is surrounding yourself with good people. And I think that's what you've done because here's the cool thing about this, and I think everybody should take away from this, is that is that Preston – they, what you did is, is you surrounded yourself with good people. And what it allowed to do though, was really bring you to the top, right? So like you being around good people allowed these other people to say, Hey, I want to be just around like-minded people. What does he know? And now it's like, bam, here we are in uh, what, 18 months. I mean, you've been an agent maybe longer than that, but in the independent world, am I right? About 18 months or yeah, something? Yeah. You've been yeah, killing 18 it? months, yeah. So, so, so I think there's a lot to be learned off that in what you did in this industry and how we can multiply and replicate that in our own businesses. And so, yeah, um, I think, I think on. for that, man, I mean, you know, surround yourself by good people for certain, certainly. I mean, that that's life. You know, if you have anybody that's telling you can't, if you hear words like can't, won't, maybe, don't, 
question those relationships. I mean, that's, you know, I, and, and I, tr- I try to monitor myself on that because it's, it's human nature, right? But you really have to at least set boundaries on that. Secondarily, I, I think if you're not willing to commit to something for 90 days, just don't do it at all at anything ever in business. You need to understand like, this is going to, you're going to, this is a journey. Nothing's going to, there's no get rich quick scheme. There's no pill to lose weight. There's not, not in a healthy way without destroying your body. There's, there's no, you know, you have to commit and, and whatever it is, right. There, you know, no one's coming to save you. There's no, there's no tool that's going to make or break your business. What's going to make or break your business is consistent execution. Uh, There's people that kill it doing door knocking. There's people that kill it doing direct mail. There's people that kill it doing whatever the hell they do and because they do it every day. So pick, you know, find out what your, the, the base wise are with your prospects, right? Find out what they want, what they need, give them that, right? And then multiply it. Put, put gas on the fire and and really whatever tool that is, if, if virtual assistance helps you, right? Talk to Wes. If, if, if you're looking to utilize, you know, online marketing video and, 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 you know, Facebook or whatever the platform might be, talk to Nick or I, that's fine. But it's like make a commitment and dive a hundred percent in. Like I, I say this all the time, playing stupid games, win stupid prizes. Like sure. if you're really trying, you can't, you can't win millions of dollars at the penny slots. You can't. So if you just enjoy being at the penny slots, then, then do that all day. But if you're trying to win, if your goal is to actually grow your business, make bigger commitments and stick through them, hell or high water, stay to them. You know, and, and that's really what I can tell you. Like the, any okay. tool will work if you work it hard enough. So one of the things you said, and I want to, uh, everybody out there listening, which is really key, is that he said, if you're not willing to do something for 90 days, um, you know, you're in trouble. And here's the thing I want to also remember, actually, when also creating processes and procedures, it's smart to put a timeline on it because it gets staff buy-in. This is something that we learned from Tom Baker, our consultant is, is that when we want to bring up something that we want the staff to do, it's a new piece of technology, it's a new process, it's a new way of thinking for us. We will try to make it for 30 or 60 days. And the reason we do that is, is because first of all, we want to be able to test it and make sure it's working and actually evaluate it. But here's the key. It allows your staff to buy in knowing that there's a possibility that if it doesn't work, they can get out. And that is ginormous to your staff culture because it allows them to be, okay, we're going to do with what the boss wants to do, or we're going to do what they want to do. But I also know that he's going to, he or she is going to reevaluate it. So that's something you can do in building your staff culture. And here's here's the, here's the critical part about it. You'll know within 90 days, because it's easy at the start of anything. It's exciting because it's new territory. It's a new frontier. We feel like we're pioneering something and it's Mm -hmm. exciting. We all like to be challenged, but I can guarantee you within a 90 day period, you will hit resistance. You will hit a moment where you go, I don't know that I want to keep doing this. And that is the moment of truth where most people go, ah, fuck it. Whereas if you're willing to actually go, I've committed to this, you know, that, that's why 90 days is really, really paramount for us is because within 90 days, I'm 100% certain there will be one day I no longer want to do it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that is the moment. That is the moment where most people quit. And if you're willing to see through that moment, you will know the very truth on if something works or not, because it's easy to walk away from things that we're not excited about. But when you, know, when you, when you actually evaluate your processes during you know, their finest hour, where, where you know, you're on the bloody beaches of this problem, and you're like, do we keep going or do we die at the beach? No, you keep going, you see storm the beach, you take the castle, and then you reevaluate, is this even the castle I want? Right. If you're not willing to siege the beach of a problem, you know, if you're not willing to just storm it and take it by action and make a commitment that hell or high water, I'm taking this effing castle. You know, if you're not willing to make that commitment, then why even hit the beach? 
That's right. And I love your analogies, man. Analogies help people concept uh, grasp things conceptually. And that's what I love about you. And I mean, truth be known, we've met each other one time, but that's been in the last month and a half. Um, but before that, you and I really didn't even talk um, before BrainShare, right? I mean, you, you when you signed up for BrainShare, I was like, oh, wow, hey, Preston's coming, you know, which was pretty cool. Um, but uh, and then it was Wesley also. Wesley, like, brought half of his uh, Utah crew, which was awesome. And no, I'm being serious. And, you know, I appreciate that much. But in the meantime, guys, uh, Wesley, what do you have to, to say really pretty much anything to, to wrap it up? Or did I already start with you? Did I start with you? You started with me. Yeah, yeah Sorry, okay. you started right. with me. Anything else anybody wants to wrap it up? I Usually they cut you off right at the timeline, but I guess maybe now because I've changed Jason, the Jason Wes has like 10 kids. He's the worst guy to ask to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> 10 kids, 10 wives. You know the drill, baby. You know the drill. <laughs> now you tell us. I appreciate everyone. You guys, thanks very much for coming on, man. And uh, if you've been watching this, I do greatly appreciate you. I'll try to keep these going. I'm only doing this just for the holidays, just like as a little special thing. But a lot of people have given us feedback that this has been great. There's a lot of things in here where people are telling us to push on. And it's actually there's a couple in here where people are telling us it's because of this conversation that made them think things differently. That's what this is all about. That's what That's this awesome, is all dude. about. Because guess yeah. what? When you start thinking differently, the industry starts thinking differently, and we all start getting to do the things we want to do, which is provide a great customer experience, set the great expectations for our customers so that we can grow our finances, we can give our families things that we never thought we could. And in the meantime, Boom. your ego is not your amigo. Best said by <laughs> Ego got no amigo. <laughs> I'm out, man. I'm out. I'm out. See ya. Take care, guys. Take care. Are you looking for an insurance community to join? Have you heard of the LAAIA? The Latin American Association for Insurance Agents is just not for Latins. Their focus on diversity and inclusion over the last few years has made this 54-year-old association one of the fastest growing and the most dynamic associations in the industry. With established chapters in Florida, Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, and Denver, it's no surprise this association has the attention of everyone in this industry. Their upcoming national convention on beautiful Marco Island includes keynote speaker Trisha Griffith, the CEO of Progressive. National leaders from around the country like Marshberry, Vertifor, Lula, and more will be here on center stage as well. And whether you're an independent agent, a captive agent, life or health agency, or even a financial services professional, this association offers you everything you need to network and grow your business. Make sure you check them out and consider joining me, Jason Cass, at the next upcoming convention. It's going to be August 21st, the 24th, at the JW Marriott on stunning Marco Island. This has been Cass Approved.